We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast. Back in the house here talking week 15. The weeks continue to fly by here. Only a few weeks left in the regular season. Big week here for you season-long players. Playoffs in full swing here. But we're here to break things down from a daily fantasy perspective, that is. I am your host, Chris Beermakers, Fan Prince. Joined as I always am each and every week by my boys, my fellow OGs, Head Chopper, Notorious Chop. Let's go to you, buddy. How's things going? How was week 14? And welcome into the show. Week 14 was okay DFS-wise. I think I took a bath uh, sports betting-wise, so I'd like to uh, be interested to see what my totals were last week. But uh, it didn't feel very good, I can tell you that much. Hey, we haven't gotten an update for a while. So, I mean, I, I would love to get in there and do it. It's it's tough to carve out time. So, hopefully our boy gets back in there and uh, gives us an update before we get to the end of the season. But Notorious, how about yourself? Uh, a bat sports betting-wise for you as well? How was week 14? Uh, how are we doing, buddy? Yeah, so I only made one lineup last week, and I made all the last-minute decisions uh, poorly. So I uh, ended up going car over breeze at the last minute. was a side between Kamara and Michael Thomas. Chose wrong there. Uh, played Terrell Williams once again like a donkey. So, uh, yeah, it was a very poor outing for, for me in week 14. And Tyrell Williams is, is disappeared. There's been no gazelles, uh, as some of our friends like to say. I haven't seen the gazelle prancing around at all. So, uh, rough week there for Oakland, no doubt. But we turn the page, week 14. Pretty good week for me, but let's do it again. Let's get back to week 15 here. 13 games on the main slate here. So, we'll ignore uh, the outside games. Get over to Roto Grinders. Great content for you over there for any of those primetime games and we're going to talk about these 13 games from a daily perspective hopefully chop can pick it up in the sports betting department and give you some winners here but let's start with seattle and carolina guys interesting game here one team done for the year 
Seattle still has big aspirations. Tough game there the other night in L.A. The Rams handled them pretty easily. So, Derek, let's get started with you here. Uh, obviously, the Carolina things, it's to McCaffrey or not to McCaffrey price down to 10000 And does Seattle bounce back here? And is it the passing game or the running game you're targeting here against Carolina? Yeah, so for Carolina, we're kind of to the point of the season where I'm starting to get a little nervous that maybe they'll start, you know, limiting McCaffrey's snaps a little bit. But he did play 99% of the snaps last week. Uh, sort of got there in garbage time thanks to some late drives. Um, he keeps getting vultured at the goal line, which is uh, kind of funny. Kyle Allen even stole one-yard rushing touchdown from him. Uh, but he's really the only guy I would look to over there. I mean, I'm always fine looking at more Samuel in tournaments. Uh, you know, Samuel's only 4,400, does have some upside. And then if Greg Olson ends up being out, you know, Ian Thomas did play pretty well last week as a cheap flyer at tight end. So I think there's some interesting parts over there. Uh, but my favorite play in this game by far is going to be Chris Carson on the other side. No Rashad Penny. Um, he is out towards ACL. So um, we're going to see, you know, 80-plus percent of the snaps for Carson against the worst-run defense in the NFL. 32nd uh, in run DVOA for Carolina, 30th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Love the spot for Carson. I think he's going to have a huge game. And because of that, I just probably won't have a ton of interest in Wilson and his pass catchers. Not that they can't get there, but um, I am hitching my wagon to Chris Carson this week. Yeah, I'm with you. R- really love the spot here. We, we kind of get rid of the, you know, the, the penny problem. CJ Procise may mix in on some passing downs, but you got to think Seattle wants to go back to their bread and butter, you know, after a loss. So let's get back to what we do well run the football with Chris Carson. Chop, agree there on Chris Carson and how are you handling Christian McCaffrey here? 10,000 uh, can be tough. Are you locking him into these lineups in week 15? Definitely not locking him. That's, I, I, I uh, played a lot of Christian McCaffrey last week, and I don't know how you can be so disappointed with a 20, a 24-point performance, <laughs> nearly 25 on DraftKings is – Usually, pretty you know, it's pretty good, man. You don't mind that at all, but you're just that's ultra disappointing for him. But he's not a lock. I know I don't think there's a lock on him right now at this price tag. So uh, going against Seattle, um, I have my I have my doubts about the offense in general here. So I think as always, we could look to DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey. But after that, yeah, it's uh, the price Ian Thomas up this week a little bit. So. I don't know if I'm going to expect another touchdown out of him. And if not, then it's – I don't know if he's going to have enough volume to pay off 3.1. And Kyle Allen's not that good. Uh, Chris Carson's interesting. I know everybody's going to be on him. He'll probably, probably be a super popular play. And we've seen that before, man, where this guy gets out there and he's got, he gets a lot of ownership and then, boom, he just drops the hammer on you. That first drive, he fumbles, and then you don't see him again, like very sparingly the rest of the day. And Travis Homer comes in and takes all his carries from him. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I, I think he's going to be popular. I think I'll probably be around the field on him. But I also see, you know, if we hear decent things out of the practice this week, practice reports on Tyler Lockett, he's about due for a good game too. So, you know, Seattle, they can go either way. They can turn this into a grinded out thing where it's just not a good fantasy, very not a very – appealing fantasy game or they can get behind the sticks and then all of a sudden they got to shoot it out a little bit in there they can be one of the best teams in uh, the NFL when that happens fantasy wise so I don't know I'll probably have a little bit of locket in there also what do we do with Curtis Samuel down down to 4400 you know air yards darling all that good stuff but it's not producing you know the, the targets have been okay four seven four six and nothing to write home about but any interest there? The price down to 4400 on DraftKings. 
Nobody? Anybody? Crickets? <laughs> oh, well, I'll I'll take I'll take that one. I would say that uh, just like last week, I, I, I asked him out of my player pool. I don't I don't I don't think the upside's there. He has to score two touchdowns for him to have the upside these days. I don't I don't want to take the chance on that. Eric. I mean, he's felt underpriced all season. If you take away fantasy points and just look at opportunity, you know, he's a good buy at this price point, but he's just not doing anything with it. Um, he's getting some carries randomly. You know, he's had seven in the last three weeks, so you know, maybe he gets there with that, but it's just tough sell at this point. Yeah, I mean, I ask because I keep trying and it's not working. So it, I, I'd hate to jump off the ship and then the ship uh, hits big with all the gold. So uh, 4400 uh, an intriguing price. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully I can... Get it right on Curtis Samuel one of these weeks. All right, on the betting market, we have Seattle. Big road favorites here, minus six, 48 and a half. It's a big total here, Chop. What do you got? Uh, which game are we on? Can you repeat that one for me? Seattle and Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. Same I'm on, game. Same game. I haven't moved on yet. Game just one. Right, just, I just came across this thing in my timeline. It just totally took me back here. All right, we're, <laughs> we're in rare late season form here. We're all right. I mean, this guy, I don't even want to get into it. I'm going to have uh, to. Seattle, yeah, I'm looking at this one. I, I'm definitely I'm definitely picking the under here in this game. I just, You know how Seattle gets. I'm, I'm taking the under. I gotta get, I'm going to get Derek's pick, and then I I want to go back to whatever Scott you said. You got to know, man. The people demand to know what's what's more interesting than a, a pick on Seattle and Carolina. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, I need to hear a classic chop rant for sure. Uh, give me the under as well. Old man under. I think the Seahawks control this one on the ground. Uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, the spread seems about right. The total seems a little bit too high. And then the under is where the juice sits right now. So three or three on the under. Chop. What do we got, man? What's hitting the timeline here? True, and I saw a, a retweet from somebody that I follow, and it says it's an article in the New York Post. It says, bodybuilder proposes to sex doll after getting it plastic surgery. And it just took my mind off the topic for a little bit. I had to think about it. And then I had to think real quick, what can I do with this as a retweet? <laughs> do it for all my fans to enjoy so i think i got something in mind and y'all be on the lookout for that there you go check them out at headshot one of the best out there on twitter for sure so that was not what i saw coming there i, I thought maybe we we're going to talk about a certain wedding or something along those lines but uh maybe we'll get into that as we move along with the show all right next game here new england travel to cincinnati <laughs> what's that chop don't open up that can of worms. I know I know you're going to go off on that one. <laughs> we, we may have touched on that. We'll see if we got time. We, we may have to hit on that one. But let's get back to the football here so I don't get in trouble. New England, big road favorites here. Minus 10 going to Cincinnati. Low total, though, 40 and a half here, Chop. So New England, it seems like week in, week out. It's Edelman. Maybe it's James White. Uh, can we play Tom Brady here who looks – Dust, as the kids say, and then Cincinnati, big underdogs here against a very good D. Mixon's been solid, but can, can we dare go there against New England? Uh, no. C- Cincinnati's a total scratch-off. I don't, I don't want uh, anything to do with that offense. And New England's – obviously, they're better than Cincinnati, but they're not – offensively, they're not that much better at this point in time. So – you know, I'll definitely be tuned into the weather also. If there's any, any kind of concerns about weather out there in Cincinnati this time of year, I definitely want to stay away from the passing game because you just nailed it. Tom Brady 
he doesn't look like dust. He is dust. And I hate to, you know, I've been on the noodle arm thing for a while, but, and I apologize to his, the people who love Tom Brady, but he's a fantastic game manager these days. That's just what he is. He's not, he doesn't have the arm anymore to, to do a lot with it. And he, he can't make these average receivers look great like he used to do 15 years ago, you know, when he was taking average receivers and winning Super Bowls. So, uh, I don't have much interest in this offense. If it, you know, you'd be forced to take like a Sony Michelle, and I don't want to do that anymore. Oh. I don't want to do that, so I'm out on that. Uh, maybe I could play an Edelman or a James White on DraftKings, where you get a point per reception. But all these other guys, the Sanu, Dorsets, and all these guys, I, I don't want any piece of them. Tom Brady's just—he's—he's he's probably a below-average quarterback right now, and that's just—that's just my my opinion. Yeah, it fit more of a stay-away game for me. I mean, it could be one of those look-ahead spots. Uh, big showdown with Buffalo coming up next week. So, uh, you know how these go. I think New England can just coast in this one, which generally is not going to give us uh, a ton of fantasy production. If anything, Edelman, for me, one note on the Cincinnati side, I'll be the breaking news guy here. A little news crossing my desk. Uh, Auden Tate placed on IR by the Bengals. So, John Ross back, Auden Tate out, uh, the the roulette, the carousel there in Cincinnati receivers rolls on. So, Derek, your thoughts here, uh, kind of an uninspiring game here in week 15. Yeah, Ross would be the only guy I would look at uh, for Cincinnati. Tough cornerback matchup for sure, but he did play 51% of the snaps last week, likely going to go up with Tate out. He's only 3,900. He's a deep play specialist, maybe in a game where they're going to be trailing, you know, he gets double-digit targets. So don't hate it. Um, And then for the Patriots, yeah, their offense has really been struggling. They don't have a power run game anymore. Sonny Michelle might be more dusty than Tom Brady at this point. They don't have a deep threat. They cut Gordon. They don't have Gronkowski anymore. So uh, defenses are just playing up near the line of scrimmage, and they don't have to worry about the running game. So, um, yeah, it's really uh, interesting to watch. I think they'll still make some noise in the playoffs because they always do. Um, But for me, it's just going to be Edelman. He has a 33% air yard share, which uh, we typically don't think of him as a, you know, a deep threat, but he's pretty much their only deep threat at this point. I think he should uh, be fine at 7,100. And James White always have a little sprinkle of him in tournaments. Uh, he has led the way in snaps each of the last two weeks. You guys both failed to mention the Rex Burkhead revenge narrative here. 3,100 for Rex Burkhead. He did out-snap Sonny Michelle last week. That's, I mean – I'm not playing Rex Burkhead. I'm going to dig into that and see. I mean, if he's going to be the, you know, it can't be Sony Michelle. They, they clearly don't want to play any Damian Harris. So maybe they give Rex Burkhead a big load. But 3,100, uh, intriguing, to at least. That's all we can say about him, intriguing. So, uh, Derek, betting-wise, Pats minus 10, low total, 40 and a half. I will take the Patriots. I think their defense is going to do enough uh, to limit the Bengals, and their offense will do just enough to get them there. Chop. Oh, man, this is a really tough game. That 40 and a half, I'd love to go under, but they placed it so low. I don't know if I could go that route. I think I will, though. I think I'm going to go under on this game, too. I hate I hate taking it that low, but I, I got to do it. I think I'm going to take the Bengals here. That's a lot of points for a home team. They, they've at least been competitive with Andy Dalton. I just think New England, gonna after after last week, uh, looking ahead to Buffalo, I, just, I think they win, but I think they just kind of put in cruise control and maybe win by a touchdown. So I'll uh, – not happily, not, not excited about it, but I'll take uh, the Bengals uh, in the points. All right, next game, we got Tampa Bay traveling to Detroit. Uh, big story here, Mike Evans looks like he's out for the year. So, Derek, that leaves us with obviously Chris Godwin, but 
any in, in interest in a, in a Brett Perriman, a Justin Watson, guys who got targets last week, uh, maybe the tight ends become more, vi more viable here. Uh, Lions side of things, it's ugly. If you can find something over there outside of Kenny Galladay, I'll be impressed. Uh, well, for Detroit, I mean, they're facing one of the biggest pass funnel defenses in the NFL. So David Blau at 5,300, I don't hate it. They're playing at home indoors. Uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball at all. And, you know, even if they wanted to, they don't really have many running backs to begin with anyway. So don't mind Blau at 5,300. I like pairing him up with Galladay, like you mentioned. Uh, Tampa Bay dead last and fantasy points allowed two receivers. Also don't mind Marvin Jones. 2K uh, price discount from Jones to Galladay. So uh, I think – It'll probably be lower owned as well. I like uh, both of them, especially if you're interested in Tampa Bay, which I am. Uh, Jameis Winston had the most classic Winston game ever. Had like 40 fantasy points, three turnovers. Uh, he got benched or hurt at one point. I saw their backup came in for a little bit. Uh, but he's 6,900. He should be in a good spot once again. Uh, Lions not very good against the run or the pass. Like pairing him up with Godwin, like you mentioned. No Evans. So got to think he's going to see double-digit targets. And he could avoid uh, Darius Slay for the most part. Slay's only played in the slot about 15% of the time this season. Uh, as far as Perriman and Watson, I'll probably let others chase them. Uh, but I do have some interest in O.J. Howard. Finally seeing a more consistent role. And maybe with Devin's gone, uh, his target share will start to go up too. Yeah, as I always say, Winston, just don't watch him. Just at the end of the day, somehow he gets there. I, I don't know how, but if you're watching it, it's always a debacle. But does have a broken thumb that, that he's going to play through. So uh, keep an eye on that. Could, could affect uh, even more turnovers there. So shop uh, Tampa Bay receivers, I think it's the big question here. Any interest in, in some of those, the Perrimans, uh the Watsons of the world? And then, again, what do we do on the Detroit side? Yes, I'm interested, but I also am extremely leery and worried about Jameis Winston's broken broken finger. Uh, that really could play a big a big factor here. I know he came back after only missing a drive last week, but you just don't know how that's going to react this week. And you know, and if he takes one shot on the hand in that game, he could be gone. I'm really really worried about that. So I want some Winston. I do want some Chris Godwin. I think he sees a little bit. Just I mean, he can't go too far too far north in targets. He's already getting a ton of them. But Winston Godwin, and I like I like Brashad Perryman. I think Brashad, there was room. If Winston was healthy, I'd love Brashad Perryman. But I'm a little worried about that. And then O.J. Howard's going to get extra work too. So I like, I like those guys specifically on the Tampa side. I just, you know, if it was – if I didn't have the injury concern with Winston, I would probably set those guys a lot higher in the lineup builder. A lot more percentage on those guys, but due to that injury, it'll, I'll temper my expectations a little bit. On, on Detroit side, yeah, Kenny Galladay is good enough to uh, beat anybody with any quarterback, so he can definitely get, get loose against Tampa Bay. And then right when you think it's Kenny Galladay, all of a sudden Marvin Jones has a big game, so he's got to stay in your player pool too. But other than that, I don't want the running backs, I don't want the tight ends, and I could probably pair him with David Blau. He's cheap enough, but my main thing would be the, the two wide receivers here. All right, let's take a look at the spread. We got Tampa Bay road favorites, minus three and a half, big 47 and a half, Chuck. Yeah, let's just hope Winston is makes it through the whole game and he and with no with no limitations, and I'll take the over. Derek. 
Yeah, I'll take the over as well. I don't think uh, either team's going to be able to run the ball uh, very well in this one. And I can't remember who pointed this out, but one of the best correlation plays in all of NFL DFS so far this season has been Jameis Winston and the opposing defense. <laughs> when he gives up turnovers, the defense scores points, and then he's forced to air it out even more. It's kind of it's kind of strange. I actually don't hate uh, playing Winston with the Lions, uh, as who, crazy as it sounds. Who would have thought that ever be a correlation that makes a ton of sense? I mean, yeah. the guy's going to turn it over, so – I will go the over as well. I, I don't know if Detroit, if those, if, if Patricia's coaching for his job, are they in tank mode uh, because they want a higher pick? So I'm going to leave the spread alone, but uh, I think there will be points here. So I'll go over 47 and a half as well. Next game, NFC North battle, Chicago and Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay cruising right along, 10 and 3. The Bears, just a game out of the playoffs, sitting a game behind the Rams for that sixth spot. So – We've seen a much better Mitchell Trubisky here over the last couple of weeks, Chop. Does that continue here? On the road in Green Bay, a tough spot here. And then the Packers, do we go Rodgers in the passing game? Do we go Aaron Jones? Do we take the, the discount on Jamal Williams? Kind of like New England. We have the same conversation with Green Bay each week. Who's it going to be? Which way are you leaning here in week 15? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> – uh, Mitchell Trubisky's played really, really well. This, this, like the last uh, roughly three weeks, it's kind of like what we saw at the beginning of last year. He was putting up those good totals. He was running last week. He's 63 yards rushing and got in the end zone. I'd love to see that from your quarterback. This is kind of he, how he started off last year, and then he fell off, and he never got back on this year. But now he's doing it at the right time. So, yeah, I think you can play him, fire him up. Uh, Allen Robinson is just absolutely – matchup proof right now. Anthony Miller's playing well, so you could play him too. And uh, I want to stay away from the running game as usual with these guys because David Montgomery just can't get it done. So I think that I think that those are fine aspects against Green Bay. I think it's a good game. And on the other side, man, whew, Devontae Adams, that was a busto for me. That was probably my biggest wrong pick last week was I had a lot of Devontae Adams and he did nothing. So that was unfortunate. But I expect a huge bounce back game this week. I mean, I think that Chicago has weaknesses in their secondary that some people – I mean, I still get the image of Kenny Galladay on Thanksgiving getting loose by 15 yards. I could definitely see Devontae Adams tearing this secondary up. So, I like some Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers this week. All right, Derek, uh, thoughts here. I mean, uh, Adams a great bounce-back spot. We saw Aaron Jones kind of take control of the backfield. Do, do you believe in that? Or was it a one-week aberration here with him and Jamal Williams? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the snaps for those two, it's pretty similar, about 60-40 once again. I know Jones, you know, got muscle work and uh, had the much bigger game, but uh, I'm still hesitant to think he's going to just take over moving forward. Um, as far as my interest in this game as a whole, it's just uh, very limited. You know, you got a game in December in Lambeau, a uh, division battle, so expected to be around 14 degrees, something like that at the uh, kickoff. So it's going to be very cold, going to be two good defensive teams. Um I'm fine with Jones in tournaments. I'm fine with Devontae Adams in tournaments. But just not looking to load up on anyone from the Packers. And then for the Bears, kind of agree with Chop. Uh, Trubisky's a little too much to pay up for, but at least he's playing better. So it gives me a little bit more confidence in Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Over the last uh, few games, Miller has a 24% target share, 30% air yard share. That's pretty similar to Robinson. And he's $1,700 cheaper. So I'll have a little bit of interest. But for the most part, this game uh, probably going to be staying away from 
Yeah, I'm, I'm more in that camp. Uh, I'm intrigued with Adams, intrigued with Jones. Uh, I like the Anthony Miller call. Robinson's always a stud, but uh, we're talking about 41 point total here. So can't go too nuts with this game. Uh, I don't see it being stackable. So maybe a piece here and there, but I think there's better spots to attack. So Derek, we got Green Bay minus five. And again, that 41 point total. I feel like if this game was played three weeks ago, Green Bay would be a touchdown favorite um, just because Chicago's looked a little bit better. I'm not really buying it, so I'll take the Packers. Shop. Yo, this is going over. This is this 41 is this is not a good number. This is going over. I, I'm on the over as well. I mean, I, I don't know that it's going to go crazy. Again, I just said it's not stackable, but I, I think 41 is too low. So I will agree with you there, and I will take the over as well. All right, next game, Denver and Kansas City. And probably the shock of week 14 was Denver going into Houston and Beating the brakes off the Texans, Drew Locke. I mean, is he a, the quarterback of the future? Not. I think it's a, a little too quick to to give him that label, but certainly look good. But a tough spot here uh, in Kansas City on the road. The Chiefs' huge win uh, in New England. So, Derek, interesting game here. Uh, this one, I, I think, there's more options than some of the other ones we've talked about. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Drew Locke, two and zero. Didn't see that coming. Uh, best way to beat Kansas City is on the ground, and we've seen Philip Lindsay, you know, one of the top in the league in yards per carry. Still splitting work with uh, Royce Freeman, but uh, he's definitely been more productive of the two. 5,600 is a pretty good price point. I don't expect ownership to be uh, outrageous either, and he's a better pass catcher of the two. So I do like Lindsay. Corlin Sutton, we've seen him beat some really uh, tough cornerback matchups in the past. I know Kansas City, they've limited production to wide receivers, but under 6K for Sutton, I'll take that um, all day, every day. And then Noah Fant, if he's able to suit up, um, I have some interest in him as well. He seems like he's locks uh, one of one of his favorite targets anyway. So those would be the guys I would look to for Denver. And then Kansas City, uh, it's just hard to trust Mahomes at this point. I mean, he hasn't shown a ton of upside over the last three or four games. He hurt his hand and took a shot in the ribs against New England. Uh, they're pretty big favorites as well. So I just don't know if you know they really need him out there throwing the ball 40 times a game. Uh, the running back situation is pretty ugly. The snaps last week were 40%, McCoy 31%, Darwin 27%. Now Damian Williams could be back. So that's a situation I want to avoid. For me on Kansas City, Tyreek Hill is going to be the, the play that I look to. Everyone's going to talk about Chris Harris and uh, look to fade Tyreek. But, you know, he's faster than anyone in the NFL. I think he can beat any one-on-one matchup. And I think they look to get him going in this one. Yeah, I like the Tyreek call. I mean, it's we always give the edge to the corners and the defense and matchups like this. This guy can go nuts on anybody. So I uh, love that call. And Lindsey, intriguing. If you're going to go anywhere on the other side, I, I don't know I'm going lock. Sutton's been good. I, I do like the Lindsey call as well. Chop, what do you got here? Denver, Kansas City. Yeah, they look like a, a Denver offense that actually could move the ball last week. So maybe Drew Locke is better than what – I thought he was going to be – shit, I thought he was going to be a bust. But, yeah, I like the Lindsey call. It's not too late for him to be a bust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one yeah. game. But, I mean, boy, did they take it to the t- – I don't know. That was definitely more on Houston. That was definitely more on the Texans than I think it was Drew Locke being good. It was the Texans were really bad. So, But I like the Phillip Lindsey call. I think that's how they get it done this week. Uh, I could definitely sprinkle in some Cortland Sutton against the secondary. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Noah Fant after that game, maybe – creeps up on ownership i'll check it out as the lineups lock comes closer but if noah fan gets a little bit too much in the ownership department i could definitely back off and fade that and go back to Cortland sudden who i think is still going to get 
you know, the majority of the looks in the offense. But I'm on that Philip Lindsay train this week. I'm, I'm on that for sure. But Kansas City at home against Denver, I'm exactly with the Tyreek Hill thing. Tyreek's going to crush them. Travis Kelsey could have a good game too. That Those two guys having big games is going to lead to Mahomes having a big game. So assuming the weather holds true, then I like, I like that passing game that we just listed. Yeah, just keep an eye on Mahomes. Another guy dealing with a hand injury doesn't doesn't sound serious. Sounds like it's just a bruise. So uh, just something to keep an eye on as we get closer to Sunday. And, and Fant, an interesting case. Kansas City, that's one of the spots they've been vulnerable, uh, giving up a lot of production to the tight end. So if the ownership doesn't go that route, uh, I think he's another guy could be in play here. All right, Chop, we got a big 10-point spread here uh, for the Chiefs and the total sitting at 46 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say that last week was just an aberration for Denver, and I'm going to take KC minus the ten at home. I'm going to take Denver here with the ten, and it's not believing in lock. They've been competitive in a lot of these games on the road in some tough environments. I mean, Minnesota they should have won that game. Uh, they went to Houston and won. Uh, Buffalo they were in that game for a while on the road, so. Tough spot, tough environment, no doubt, but I'll, I'll take the points here with Denver. Uh, Derek, what do you got? I'll take the under. Uh, I have some respect for Broncos defense and Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City's tough place to play, so uh, I'll take the under. All right, moving on, Miami and the Giants. The Eli, uh, the Eli parade rolls on here, so actually looked serviceable, at least in the first half. Uh, made some good throws to Darius Slayton, who – I think that kid's going to be a stud, but that's a, another discussion for another day. But they get a good matchup here at home with Miami. So is this the week Saquon Barkley gets it going, Chop? Oh, man. Please. You know, I, I, saw, I saw this like two months ago in my season long when I was gandering at playoff matchups, and I, I tried my best to trade for him. And then over the last two months, he probably I probably would have been bumped out of the playoffs if I had actually made that trade two months ago. He's been so bad, so it's kind of ironic. But uh, I think it is. I think this is the the Saquon thing, and it's just weird that I know it. I know it all has to do with that ankle injury, but he looks better when Eli's under under center, and I don't know why. It's just one of those things. I, like I said, it's probably just correlated to the ankle injury and the timing. But yeah, I think he gets. I think he gets loose this week. And then on the flip side, like Eli Man, Eli Manning's only 5.2K, starting to get his targets back and healthy. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton looks like a stud. If Evan Ingram were to come back, man, he'd have four pretty solid caliber receiving options, too, going against this Miami secondary. Uh, he's, uh, Eli Manning is in play this week, believe it or not. That's crazy. But I do like the Giants offense in general. So it'd just be about Miami keeping pace. And with Fitzpatrick, they've been keeping pace. Although last week, that was my – outside of Devontae Adams, that was the most – well, this was the most tilting thing to watch was these – the Miami Jets game kicked like oh, a record-setting record number of field goals. <laughs> and you're loaded up on that game and you just can't get the touchdown. It's just so tilting, man. But I would expect them to get back in the end zone a little bit more this week. So, I think this game has a chance to – and I don't want any piece of the running backs. I think that was Laird's ceiling game last week, a lot of catches and stuff. So, I'll pass on that. But I'll get back on Fitzpatrick, and we may get a lot of value here depending on the injuries in that receiving core. We, we could get some real good value, and I'll throw the name out there right now, Isaiah Ford. If, yes. if, the other, if the other two injuries hold up like we think they will, Parker and Wilson, 
I could use I could use some Isaiah Ford this week. Yeah, I mean, you talk about ex- explosiveness. That, that's Isaiah Ford. So nine targets last week, uh, a big play waiting to happen. So like him, and you had to mention the field goals. They basically sunk my my best ball shares. Not not finding the end zone. So tough to watch. Derek, what do you got here? Dolphins and Giants. I think this week is really setting up well to spend up a running back and spend down at wide receiver, just depending on how injuries shake out. Isaiah Ford, like you guys mentioned, uh, explosive, bunch of targets. Alan Hearns still, uh, you know, floating around too. Should be, you know, close to double-digit targets as well against one of the most beautiful secondaries in the NFL. Um, probably won't be playing Fitz just because uh, – well, if, if Parker's out, I probably won't be playing Fitz. And then Laird, <laughs> I love the – all the stuff on Twitter with Pete and Davis Maddock and all that, but I don't think I can get on board here. Uh, like you guys mentioned, I think that was kind of his ceiling game last week, although I will mention he is my starting running back in my uh, season-long league, so hopefully he has a decent game for me. And then on the other side, yeah, the reason why I like Saquon Barkley, look, he hasn't been great. Um, he just doesn't look as explosive, but Eli Manning loves his checkdowns. Uh, I think he's going to get five-plus targets in this one, which does raise his four, and then you know, he's – Got one of the better matchups you could ask for. Uh, 29th in DVOA against the run are the Dolphins. So love the spot for Saquon. Uh, Slayton didn't see that price bump after his big game. I think he's interesting. Uh, probably going to garner more ownership than he should, but I still think he's interesting. And, yeah, I think it's a good game stack too. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, same blueprint as last week. Let's just hope it's not all field goals here. We've got a nice total. Uh, pretty close spread here, though, Derek. Three and a half for the Giants. Uh, that total's in at 46 and a half. I'll say Eli picks up the final win of his career, uh, and the Giants win by more than a touchdown. Oh, Eli's not done, man. The way he's playing, he'll be back. If not here, he'll be in the XFL somewhere. Uh, I don't think this is the end of Eli Manning. Chop, what do you got? The spread a little bit smaller than I thought it would be. I know two bad teams, but just three and a half uh, seems a little bit low. Yeah, this is uh, probably the easiest pick of the week right here. There is no way the NFL lets Eli Manning in his career under 500. He, the Giants got to win this thing going away. I mean, that, that's where I'm at. I, I think I'm going Giants. <laughs> it's I, I too much, there's too much five. going on. Yeah, the, the NFL is not going to let Eli in this thing two games under 500 for his career, his career record. They've got to get him to win. They're going to tell the refs, do what you got to do. We want the Giants to win this thing in a, in a blowout. I'm taking the Giants as well. Should be an ugly game. But the beauty of stacking this, it, very affordable. You can still get some other pieces uh, that, that sit well in those lineups. So, uh, very stackable game there. All right, next game, Houston and Tennessee. I mean, Houston, we, we just talked about. Denver went in and beat their ass. Tennessee went on the road and looked dominant once again behind Ryan Tannehill to A.J. Brown, more Derrick Henry. So is it more of the same here this week, Derek? Uh, any preference running game, passing game there for Tennessee? All three of those guys playing well. And then how does Houston respond here? Got to get it going here on the road. Uh, do you trust – Watson this week. Do you trust Hopkins? Uh, which running back do you like there? So uh, an intriguing game here, Houston and Tennessee. Yeah, for the Titans, like you mentioned, they've quietly established themselves as having a big three when it comes to fantasy production. You have Tannehill, who will put up 30 points once again. Uh, pretty good matchup as well this week. Texans' pass defense has been really bad, uh, especially over the last month of play. Derrick Henry just continues to crush in November and December over his last four games, averaging 150 rushing yards. He has seven touchdowns during that stretch, over 30 fantasy points per game. 
the high salary has been keeping ownership down, and I kind of expect that to continue this week. I'll keep playing him. Uh, and then A.J. Brown over the last four games, 24% target share, 33% air yard share. Um, I like him quite a bit as well. So I think uh, everyone or all the big three are in play for Tennessee. Then for Houston, you know, Watson had the big game last week, but that's because they were down 31-3 to uh, early in the first half against Denver. Kind of the perfect game script for a quarterback. I uh, won't be targeting the running backs. Uh, Hopkins, I'll play him if Fuller's out. If Fuller's back, then I probably won't be playing uh, you know, anyone in that passing game. And Kenny Stills burned a lot of people last week, so if Fuller ends up being out, I think he might be a good bounce-back candidate. He's still seeing you know, a bunch of targets and a bunch of snaps with Fuller out, so I do think he's a nice bounce-back candidate. All right, Chop, highest total game on, on the entire schedule here, 50-point total here, so a lot to like. Uh, who are you uh, making sure you get in those lineups here, Titans and Texans? 50-point spread, I like everybody, except for the running game for Houston. I, like Derek said, I don't, want, I don't want the running backs for Houston, but Deshaun, Hopkins are, are easy plays. If Fuller's back, I think he's a good play for me. Kenny Stills is the guy. I don't care who's out. I'm not playing Kenny Stills. <laughs> just looking at his – I should have known, too, because I, I pulled up his numbers with, in just those games Will Fuller missed earlier this year. There was three of them. And he didn't do anything in those games. I don't know what made me think he was going to magically do it last week, but I don't trust Kenny Stills for anything more than just a one-off touchdown randomly in that game. That's, that's his ceiling. So, you know, give me the passing game outside of steals. And if and if Will Fuller's out, then I might even look towards a tight end for Houston to take his place instead of Kenny Stills. Uh, and on the flip side, man, I'm really worried about Derrick Henry not being 100% with that hamstring injury. So I know he's going to play. I know he's going to tough it out. But that's going to slow down his burst. Like, he, he lost a little bit of that burst last week because of that injury. If that carries over this week, I'd have a hard time playing him in this game. But on the – but on the bright side for Tennessee, A.J. Brown looked great. Ryan Tannehill looked great. This is a very beatable secondary. If I feel like Henry's going to be limited, then I would love to fire up Tannehill to A.J. Brown stacks. Yeah, I mean, the, the price climbing on A.J. Brown. I mean, he's up to 6K. Corey Davis going the other way at 3,800. But I think he's in play as well, as much as I hate to say it, a guy that I don't normally play. Uh, 3,800, a good price there, a huge total. A lot on the line. I mean, th this is for the division. Basically, these two teams are tied. So we talk about motivations. This model's games, uh, I think you have to have exposure to uh, one way or the other. Whether it's stack, cash games, find a way to get some of these guys uh, in your lineup. So Tennessee minus three at home here, Chop. 50-point total, like we mentioned. Yeah, this is a I'm, – I'm for sure going with Houston here. Houston against the spread for sure. But my, I have a quick – a quick one, man, a quick rant. And I always deal with the schedule making for the NFL and how, how terrible it is. And we don't get the afternoon game. Like, we get two afternoon games sometimes. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing with this schedule. You have 17 weeks worth of schedule to make for a team. How hard can it be to space out games between divisional rivals like this? These two teams play each other this week, skip a week, and then, and then the week after that they play each other. Come on, man. That's it's two games in three weeks for these guys against each other. Spread it out a little bit. I want you know. That's I just think the scheduling making is terrible in the NFL. It was funny you mentioned that because I was trying to look at oh how did they do against this team the last <laughs> yeah. time they played? Uh, oh no, they haven't played yet. So how about you play your division teams in the beginning of the year and you play them in the last three games of the year? I mean, that, that's how it's done in fantasy football. I know that's not always the answer, but that isn't isn't that the easy way to do it? 
Yes. That's it. You, 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 <laughs> have, you have a first half of the year, you have a second half of the year. You, 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 don't, you, know, you don't play the same team twice in the second half or the first half of the year. You space them out, especially not in three weeks, two times in three weeks. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, seems pretty simplistic. So, uh, who knows? So, did you make a pick on the game? or just, oh Yeah, you win Houston. Derek, what do you got? Uh, uh, this is tough. Field goal feels about right. I like a lot of the dudes in this game, so I'm tempted to take the over, but 50 points for a divisional game seems high. Uh, I might have to abstain. Sorry, guys. Abstain. Mm. That's not allowed. Shaking my head. Yeah. You started the, (laughs) you started the pass. I'm going to make you make a play on this one. Okay. Give me the Titans. All right. There we go. I'm going to go over it, Maybe that is the fish play here, but both teams can score at will. The defenses are both okay. They're serviceable, but I, I think we do get some points here. So I'll be the fish here, Derek, and I'll, I'll take the over. I know you were leaning that way. I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit for you. All right. Last early game here, Philadelphia and Washington. So we go from a, a 50 point total all the way down to a 40 point total here. So news on Washington side, Darius guys, Look good for a minute and back on the injury report here. So not going to play this week. Philly somehow pulled that game out last night, six and seven, still leading the NFC East with Dallas. So a big game here in division, Derek. Uh, ugly, yes, but uh, anything stand out here in this low 40-point total? Oh, not really. I mean, Haskins has just been so bad. He has 24 fantasy points in the last three games combined, and they were losing, you know, those games. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of good opportunities against the Packers, against the Panthers, against the Lions. Those are pretty three pretty good matchups. So I can't trust Haskins, and that means I can't trust his pass catchers. I want to play McLaurin. I think he's incredibly talented, but I just can't do it. This could be a game where AP gets 20 carries, and I just don't really want to do that. You know, they've been running the ball even when they've been, you know, down big. So. Hard for me to trust anyone on Washington's side. If you think AP can get it done against a tough run defense, you know, be my guest. But, uh, you know, I'll pay up for guys that, you know, more involved in the passing game. And then for the Eagles, yeah, it was a good uh, comeback win against the Giants on Monday. Uh, the big story there was Boston Scott. You know, Miles Sanders had some cramps in his legs, so Scott came in and was definitely more productive than Sanders. I even got some extra run in overtime as well. So uh, just have to take a wait-and-see approach there. You know, Howard could come back. Uh, and then the receivers, Jeffrey, Aguilar, both questionable. So it's going to be a wait-and-see approach. Probably just play Ertz and move on to the next game. Yeah, Alshon going down. Help me out one of my one of my season-long leagues. So hate to see injury, but uh can always count on the Alshon injury happening at some point. So, Chop, any more interest in this game? And we have 13 to choose from on the main slate. So this one feels like one you can almost cross off uh, outside of maybe a tight end. Redskins haven't been good there. Do we go back to Ertz? Do you save some money with Goddard? Uh, that's about where I'm looking here. Uh, yeah, I was I was hoping Dwayne Haskins would miss this game. I know he, he hurt his ankle last week, but it, the reports sound like he's going to go ahead and just miss a little bit of practice time, but get get through it. So if he's in there, I don't want any I don't want any Redskins offense. If he were to miss this game, then I would definitely have some interest in McLaren. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen right now. So Washington is a pure fade for me. Philly. A little bit, a little bit different. I have some interest in the running game. If if Jordan Howard were to come back or not come back, would dictate who I play there. But I think I could play a running back for Philly in this game, and I could play Zach Ertz too. I don't trust Carson Wentz without the wide receivers, though. So that would be a pass for me. Yeah, and Haskins, uh, it just shows how bad you are when you're five hundred dollars cheaper than Josh McCown. 
was not even going to play. So tried to play some wide receiver last night, apparently. But wanted to jump in there. But ugly for the Redskins. Uh, not a lot to love here uh, for Philadelphia either. So kind of an ugly game. Let's take a look at the batting market. Philly, minus four and a half chop. And as we mentioned, 40 on the total. I know they're a terrible organization, but I'll, I'll take the points here in Washington at home. Derek. Uh, I'll go against Chop. It's terrible to bet on road favorites, especially in division, but uh, Eagles have to win, and Redskins, they're not playing for much at this point. Both these teams suck. Uh, I just see an <laughs> ugly game here. I'm going old man under. I know it's a low number, but uh, I, I don't see a lot of offense in this game. That game last night was hard to watch. Uh, maybe it's a little recency bias, but th- these teams are terrible. Give me the under. All right, let's move on to the 4 o'clock window. Five games, so a, n- a nice – Separate slate if you're looking for that, and uh, better than the two gamers like we've been getting. So let's kick it off with Cleveland and Arizona, Derek. Uh, the issues continue to mount for Cleveland with Odell, wanting out of town. Does that affect anything? Uh, Arizona had an opportunity to win that game uh, at home against Pittsburgh, just came up short uh, in the end. So uh, another lowish total here. What, what do we got for Cleveland and Arizona? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Arizona's offense can get going. They were uh, pretty good before the bye. They scored at least 25 points in three straight games and then put up seven against the Rams and 17 against the Steelers. Two tough matchups for sure, but they were both at home. Uh, now they get the Browns, who you know they haven't been great on defense this season. Probably won't be playing Kyler Murray, but uh, we can get exposure to the passing game through Christian Kirk. He's really the only one that's been doing anything in the passing game. So I like Kirk and then Kenny and Drake. 88%, 80%, and 65% of the snaps over the last three weeks. I think this is a spot where he can finally get going a little bit. I like the 5K price point. Assuming ownership is going to be down, um, he's not a guy that I want to play at high ownership. But if, if he's going to be you know, contrarian, I don't mind looking at him in tournaments. And then for the Browns, uh, got to like their offense as a whole. Uh, everyone gets you know an increase in plays when you play the Cardinals. Uh, they're not very good against the pass or the run. So I like Baker. Uh, but I can't play Odell at this point, you know, saying he's been playing through an injury. He says he wants out of Cleveland. So give me Jarvis Landry, $300 more. Uh, probably going to avoid Patrick Peterson since he runs most of his routes in the slot. And, yeah, I think that's the route I'll take uh, for Cleveland. All right. And I said lowest total. I meant lowest spread. We have a 48-point total here, just a two-point spread. So th- this game intriguing. But, Chop, wouldn't this be the Odell spot? We've been trying to make it work the last couple weeks. It's been a dud. He doesn't want to play. He's hurt. I mean, is this the week nobody has him and he and he just goes nuts? Uh, it could be, but I'm debating in my one season-long league that I know you guys love to hear me talk about. I, I'm debating whether or not just to pick somebody up off the waiver wire in place of Odell this week because I, I that's how much I – I'm kind of tired of – I'm over him. You know, he's he's like Derek said, he, he should draw some Patrick Peterson coverage. He's not been good even against – even in good matchups this year, he's not been particularly good. I'm really – I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just not on him. And, of course, right when you get off a guy like that, he goes for a hundred, the 100-yard bonus and one or two touchdowns. So, I, I'm fully expecting that, but I'm not on it. In fact, the Cleveland offense is, is tough for me to get behind. Jarvis is solid, but – Nick Chubb getting vultured down there by Kareem Hunt at the goal line last week hurt. That's just not – it's not a good look for your $7,900 running back to, to have to worry about another guy coming in stealing carries. Baker Mayfield's not been good this year. So, I'm a little worried about this offense in general. Like Derek said, maybe it's just a Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry week. I actually like the Arizona a little bit more. I think Kyler Murray gets out and runs a little bit more this week. Uh, 
Kenyon Drake looks fine. Christian Kirk looks good. Last week, I have to say, you know, I, the, the whole thing, I've, I've mentioned this before that this always happens when I talk to my dad about fantasy. He, he throws a player out there he's going to roster. I say, no way, dude. You got to stay away from that. That's just a terrible play. He doesn't understand why, but I, I tell him it's terrible. And, and then, of course, inevitably that guy goes off and my dad goes, man, I told you, man. Why you, you, get, you told me to get off that guy? Well, last week he called me on Sunday morning talking about, I'm going to play David Johnson. I said, don't play no David Johnson. Why not, man? He's due. He's due. I said, don't play David Johnson. He doesn't get enough touches. Of course, David Johnson scores a touchdown. Makes him look good. Yep. I have to tell the old man, look, you know, I'm waiting for the phone call. I hadn't come yet, but I'm waiting for the phone call. And when I do, I have to explain to him, the guy only got like five touches the whole game. He got very lucky to get a touchdown, but that doesn't matter. It's it's results over process with, with the old-timers. Yep, I did that with Pops for years and years, and anyone I told him not to play always scored. It, it would just it didn't matter. So And it would be an off-the-wall play like that that you weren't even thinking about. And then it would be, oh, he scored a touchdown, way to go. So I feel you on that one. Uh, David Johnson finally did something, but I, I want to like – somebody on Arizona. It's just, you know, the running back situation. Uh, I guess it's Murray to Kirk for me, but a uh, big total here. So 48 total chop Cleveland, small road favorites, minus two. Take the over in this one. Derek. Yeah, it's funny. I did the same thing with my wife in showdown uh, a few weeks ago. She put Randall Cobb as her captain in that uh, showdown game against the Vikings where he just went nuts. And I said, you can't play this guy. He hasn't scored double digits all season. And, yeah, it went nuts, and I'm still hearing about that four weeks later. Um, You're going to hear about that for another, like, 40 years. So women have a way to hang on to stuff, and it's – my wife will pull stuff from, do you remember when? I'm like, if, if it starts with do you remember when, no, I'm an old man. I don't remember. But it's always from, like, 15 years ago. Like, I, I don't remember 15 minutes ago. Come on. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, give me the Cardinals money line. i like them to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go over as well. I think we get a shootout here. So, again, one of those games uh, you can stack it up, take a shot on Odell maybe, but uh, I think there's viable options uh, both sides here. Obviously, that total reflects that. Next up, Derek, your Jacksonville Jags continue to impress. Another huge loss at home, even with the return of the stash. Now go on the road to Oakland, who's another team that's left a lot to be desired here. So, uh, big news here. We'll see if Josh Jacobs is able to come back. Uh, DeAndre Washington looked pretty good. A uh, 4,700 here, Chop. So with or without Jacobs, interest level in the Raiders. And then what are we doing with this Jacksonville team? Oh, man. What do you do with the Jacksonville team? All right. that's uh, So Shark is probably going to miss this week, right, Derek? Sounds like it, yep. Yeah, he's in a walking boot. I, I would assume he's out. So, I mean, now you have a couple options you can go through. D.D. Westbrook, eh, he's all right. Chris Conley's going to see an uptick, too, and he's actually got a little bit of upside. We've seen some upside from him in his career. So, they're both super cheap, especially Conley. So, if Shark misses, then all of a sudden those guys are in play. So, you got you can chase the, the good value there. Uh, that's what I would do with them. I probably – wouldn't play Minshew though. He's just not that good. I mean, sorry, Dave. He was a little bit overrated coming in, but <laughs> and Fournette. Oh man, I I guess I guess you can get there. He's expensive, but it's a fair enough matchup uh, for Oakland. Uh, then it becomes interesting if Josh Jacobs sits out again, which I think he probably will. DeAndre Washington looked pretty decent last week. Got in the end zone, racked up some points for us. He is a very adequate running back in the NFL. They're at home. 
He's more of the uh, runner as opposed to pass catcher, although he can do both. So if we assume they're going to win this game and they're five-and-a-half-point favorites, then you got to favor Washington a little bit over Jalen Richard. So I don't mind Washington. Uh, I don't mind Darren Waller, but just like you guys, I fell for Tyrell Williams last week too, and I probably won't do that again. Yeah, I think I'm done with, with Tyrell Williams. So another guy I'd probably go nuts this week. But you beat Jacksonville with the run, so if Jacobs is out, Derek, you, you got to imagine Washington going to be one of the more popular value plays here. Question is with your Jags. I mean, Chop hit on it. Chark's going to be out. Is it Conley? Is it Westbrook? Does Keelan Cole enter back into the equation? So uh, break down the Jags. Give us some value there. I know Fournette's in play here, but – uh, who out of that Jacksonville passing game do we go to? And can we can we roster your boy Minshew? You know, I just want a good quarterback in Jacksonville. Uh, we haven't had one since Mark Brunell. We had David Garrard for a while. We had Byron Leftwich, uh, and then Bortles, and then Nick Foles. Now Minshew, and it's just been ugly. We just keep uh, you know throwing out new guys, and hasn't been working. Um, don't have any interest in Minshew here, but uh, it's a really good matchup for the pass catchers. So I'm fine with Didi. I'm fine with Conley. If deciding between the two, I'll lean toward Didi because he gets more of those safe underneath routes. Uh, we got to talk about Leonard Fournette though. Over the last four games, 61 rushing attempts 36 targets so he's averaging nine targets a game we know Oakland they struggle against the run as well just gave a big game to Derrick Henry and Fournette's getting all the run in garbage time even if they're losing uh, he's in there toward the end of game so I do like Fournette and for the Raiders yeah all of the listeners what you need to do lock in Tyrell Williams <laughs> this is the first time in I don't know two months since I, I'm not going to be playing this guy he's only 4,800 he's going to go up against my Jaguars so absolutely this will be the spot where he goes off um but like you mentioned if Jacobs is active you can play him uh Jags is getting hammered on the ground Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler both had big games against them last week and if he's out go to DeAndre Washington 21 touches for 96 yards and a touchdown against a very tough Titans run defense and that would get the Jags so uh yeah I think it's a good spot for whatever running back ends up being the starter in Oakland all right, so we've started the listener lineup now. we got Tyrell Williams at receiver, Odell Beckham at receiver, the, the disappointing studs, as we say. So halfway to building that lineup for you guys. So let's take a look. Uh, spread here, we got Raiders. This is minus five and a half, but big juice there. So this one's ended up to probably six, six and a half. But we'll lock in at five and a half, 45 and a half, and all these numbers coming courtesy of the Sharp Side app. Make sure you guys download that. Uh, line spreads, totals, player props, uh, every single sport. So a, a very handy app uh, and the information you should be using uh, when you're building your daily fantasy lineup. So, uh, Derek, what do you got here? Your Jags, big underdogs, five and a half, and again, 45 and a half on that total. Pretty sure this has yet to work, but give me the Jaguars money line. Yeah, it has not worked because they only won like two games. So I, I don't think I think the Raiders have been uh, you know outplaying their their hand pretty much all season. So uh, I think the Jaguars can keep this one competitive and might as well just bet them outright. As people love to say on Twitter, if you just keep picking the same thing, eventually it's going to hit. So that that uh, that's my hope here for you. I'm going to go Oakland here. I, I just Jacksonville just is terrible at at home. They've been getting stops. So now a trip across the country. Uh, I'll take Oakland here. Sorry, Derek. Chop, what do you got? Not only has it not worked, <laughs> but you could have done those fancy uh, uh, alternate, alternate spreads where, yeah. you know, instead of Jacksonville plus three, you, you have to take Jacksonville 
plus like 15 or something, you would have been nailing those, man, for huge payoffs. They've been so bad, but I'm on the under here. I think uh, I'm going under again. I just, you know, on one side, you could be missing your running back. The other side could be missing their best receiver. Eh, already limited offensive firepower. I'm going to go under. All right, moving on. Three games left here. You're listening to the DFS OGs podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in once again, talking everything week 15. The next game, we got Vikings and Chargers. Uh, one team very squarely in the run here. Uh, one team done for. So uh, an interesting late season game here. Speaking of scheduling, I don't know how you get sent out uh, to play the Chargers late in the season if you're the Vikings, but here we are uh, coming off that tough loss in Seattle. The Chargers looked good last week, Chop, but a uh, much tougher matchup here with the Vikings. So daily-wise, uh, a lot of big names in this game, a lot of studs. Uh, are you paying the price on any of these guys here in Week 15? Yes, I'm paying the price for them. On Minnesota side, Dalvin, well, I don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. Okay, I'll take that back. Maybe I don't pay the price. <laughs> I actually – I do have some uh, some hesitancy on, on Stefan Diggs in this matchup, so I don't know if that's the way I was going to go. I did like Dalvin Cook, assuming he's healthy, so I could I could do that if he's healthy. Uh, I don't want Kirk Cousins, though. It's it's the Chargers I have the most interest in, actually. Uh, I'm going to pass on Melvin Gordon this week, but I do like Austin Eckler as a more of a pass catching back against this defense. This defense for Minnesota just historically has been so much better at home than they are on the road. This is a tough road game for them, and the secondary is – by far one of the most overrated units in football. So I want Mike, I want Mike Williams. I want Keenan Allen. I want Hunter Henry against this secondary. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Give me the pass catchers. Uh, Vikings still pretty good against the run, but uh, against wideouts, like you said, Xavier Rhodes has been terrible this season. Uh, one of the worst teams giving up fantasy production. So Allen on the high end, Mike Williams finally found the end zone. Uh, I think we can go back that route. And I agree, Hunter Henry. So we're on the same page there uh, with these pass catchers. Derek, your thoughts here, Chargers, pass catchers, running backs, uh, a lot of big names, like I said, in this game. Which way are you leaning here? A pretty ugly game for me. I have a hard time paying for Gordon or Eckler. For a 1000 more, you can get Carson, you can get Fournette. Uh, we can get Saquon Barkley, who are all going to play 80-plus percent of the snaps. So uh, that worries me a little bit. And then potential value opening up with DeAndre Washington. So don't think I'll go there. Uh, but Mike Williams finally scored his first touchdown of the season. I think they started coming in bunches now. We know – Minnesota secondary, one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, Xavier Rose has just been terrible. So uh, give me the outside receivers against Minnesota. Mike Williams, only 4,600. Uh, love that price point. And fine with Hunter Henry as well. And then for the Vikings, I think I'm just going to be fading them. You know, Diggs is going to draw Casey Hayward, whether Thielen plays or not. So that's going to be tough. And then Dalvin Cook, like uh, like Chad mentioned, just dealing with that injury. Don't know how much pain he can, you know, stand. And uh, with Derwin James back for San Diego, their defense is a lot better than it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to make Alexander Madison work last week. Did get 14 carries, uh, just was not very productive with him. So I, I, I don't think we can go that route here again. I, I think that just set up well at home against a bad Lions team. So like Cook, uh, but I don't know if he'll be uh, one of my main players uh, at the running back positions. Too many other options I think are in better spots. So close spread here, Derek. Minnesota road favorites, minus two and a half. 44 and a half, kind of a middling total there. Give me the old man under Minnesota, good defense, Chargers getting better, getting healthier. So give me the under. Shot. Yeah, it's pretty easy call here that the Chargers are going to win this game outright. I'm going to disagree. Vikings <laughs> need this one. So, I mean, they're, they're right there with Green Bay. And 
Chargers look great against Jacksonville. Everyone's look great against Jacksonville. So hey, 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 man, that's facts. That's facts. Speak. <laughs> I, I mean, I love you to death, but uh, your team is terrible. What can we say? So, <laughs> AKA a dumpster fire. I, but uh, Vikings uh, for the win here uh, and covering that spread. Next game, another one, uh, very intriguing. Chop. Now we got your team to dissect here. Dallas at home against the Rams. Big game for both of these teams. Rams sitting at the sixth seed right now. Dallas, six and seven, leading the NFC East along with Philadelphia. So, Chop, your team will go to you first here. Do they respond at home here? Rams uh, played a lot better last week. Uh, does that worry you here this week? But uh, two teams very much in the mix, much as I hate to say it with Dallas, but here we are. Yeah, the Rams seem to have rediscovered a little bit of offense lately, so that's a little bit worrisome if you're a Cowboys fan. So, but I still think that uh, ultimately they find a way to win this game. I mean, I don't want to say they have to because everything's still going to come down to the Philadelphia game, uh, I think, next week. Next that, week uh, yeah. So it kind of like doesn't even matter. But I, I do think they right the ship here at home and get it together. I think they do it. Eh, I'm going to say they do it with a little bit of Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Gallup. I'm not sure I want Amari Cooper in this matchup, but I think I think Dak Prescott actually spreads it around a little bit and gets the job done. The Rams on that side is the one I'm I'm very leery of. I don't want to play the Todd Gurley anymore because, you know, we've documented his downfall on the show throughout the year. So, I don't I, I don't not a spot I want to go to and Cooper Cup's usage and even Brandon Cook's usage was shocking this past week and the past couple of weeks. And it doesn't seem like it's – it seems like it's more of a trend than just an anomaly. So I'm a little worried that – I think I read he only played like 18 or 60-something snaps and it wasn't an injury issue for Cup. It was a personnel thing. So they're going to continue to run a lot of uh, double tight ends out there. And Cooper Cup could get lost in the mix here and, and Robert Woods benefits. So – Woods and, and Higby looks great, by the way. So, and he, Tyler Higby's not a fluke. He was really, really good in college. And then he had those issues coming out of college about his character because of some things he said and it caused his draft to fall a lot. But he was really, really good in college. So, and he's, he's put together back to back 100 yard games. Tyler Higby was, would be a, a phenomenal tight end option this week. All right, Derek, what do you got? This looks like a, a close game, uh, I think a stackable game. So who's standing out for you here at Rams and Dallas? <laughs> yeah, so like Chad mentioned, Cup played 27% of the snaps last week. The only possible explanation, he either slept with Goff's girl or McVay's girl, maybe both, um, but he's not getting any of the work right now. Um, crazy. Uh, over the last two weeks, Woods and Higby have taken up 60% of the target share, which is just massive, and Higby 33% air yard share during that stretch. So if Everett's out again, fire up Higby, fire up Woods. Uh, I think both are excellent plays, and I think this game gets uh, under-owned a little bit, and I think you know it's going to make a difference in the Millionaire Maker. As far as uh, the Cowboys, Dak, 28 fantasy points per game at home this season, and you know Cooper, the same way. Uh, if you look at his games at home, 26, 27, 43, 19, 35, and 17 fantasy points. Everyone's going to be scared off of a matchup against Jalen Ramsey, and everyone's saying you know Cooper's been shut down by cornerbacks, but that's only when he's on the road. We just saw him uh, have a pretty decent game against Tredavious White on Thanksgiving. So I will gladly play uh, Cooper at a discounted price point at home and at lower ownership. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me on the Cowboys side. 
Yeah, I like both those Dallas receivers this week. Sure, a tough matchup, but you nailed it. They're good at home. So, and what the hell happened to Brandon Cooks? I mean, down to 4,500, barely played uh, the other night. The snaps continue to disappear. So, crazy how this dude just fell off the map. 4,500 is intriguing, but I don't think you can even touch him at that price. So, uh, this game, one of the weirdest shifts in the betting market, it, it opened Dallas minus four and was hammered all the way to Rams minus one. So one of the bigger swings that we've seen in, in an open uh, to where we sit now. So Derek minus one and 49 on that total. I believe the Cowboys have yet to pick up a win against a team with a winning record, right? Uh, it sounds about right. Chop yeah. can confirm that they've been that bad for us. Um, the Rams have a winning record. So, uh, give me the over. I would take the Rams, but don't really feel great about them on the roads. So give me the over. I'm taking the Rams. They're starting to put it together here. And you, you met Dallas just folds in these kind of games. So even in a must win at home, back against the wall, uh, too, too many things going on there with the coach and the owner. And I just think it's too many distractions. I'll take the Rams. Chop. I'm going to go with the over also. No Cowboys money line? You guys could put no. a parlay together. Jacksonville and Cowboys money line. <laughs> I'm not. I've learned a long time ago you don't you don't bet with your heart, that's for sure. Well, how come Derek hasn't learned that yet? He's still a youngster. He is. It's true. He'll get, he'll get the experience. He's an OG in, in DFS years, but uh, he's not the OG in the real life years, like being the chop man here. Getting old. Getting old. All right, last game for us here. Atlanta traveling to San Francisco, big 11-point spread. What a game uh, last week, Chop. I mean, San Francisco and New Orleans just just going nuts. That play by Kittle on that fourth down play, maybe the play of the year. Now go home, face an Atlanta team that's not been very good. Is is this one of those letdown spots, or or is this team too good and they just steamroll Atlanta here at home? This is definitely a letdown spot after back-to-back weeks where Baltimore and then New Orleans and everything that they've been through here. This is definitely a letdown spot, but will it be enough or will they, you know, gather themselves at halftime and then throttle Atlanta in the second half? That's to be determined, but I would say uh, as far as DFS, uh, San Francisco, it's interesting. Their backfield now has all – I mean, they just keep this rotating thing up where – at one point in the year, it was Coleman who looked great. Then there was a stretch where Brietta looked like the guy, and now it's Mostert that looks like the guy. So right now, I guess you ride the hot hand, and you say Raheem Mostert's getting the carries, and he looks great, and he's fresh. So uh, I could play Raheem Mostert here. I, I, I like Emmanuel Sanders again. I liked him going into last week. He paid off, and I think that's something that we're going to continue to see throughout the years is, is – uh, Emmanuel Sanders be the best wide receiver. George Kittle be the best overall pass catcher. So those guys are all in play. Atlanta's intriguing because the, the couple different ways you beat San Francisco are, you know, getting to the edge, obviously, in the running game. I don't want to do that with Defonte Freeman. I'll pass. But you can take advantage of their zone. And Julio Jones, I could see with uh, somebody's got to step up with Calvin Ridley being out. Somebody's going to step up and have a bigger game. So it's either going to be Julio for me or Austin Hooper. Julio, I think, is slightly better. I want Julio more. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Maybe Derek has a better idea of this. But if I was going to guess, I would say Julio's better against man coverage. And Hooper, the tight end, would be better against the zone coverage. 
and Frisco plays a lot of zone. So I think I'm going to lean Austin Hooper, who came back last week. So he got a week under his belt now to get back into the flow of things. But I think Atlanta can move the ball a little bit in this game. All right. Uh, I mean, San Francisco, we talked about, is it a letdown spot? The one thing you can say, that they're sitting atop the NFC. Uh, obviously, everybody's shooting for that home field advantage. they got Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, all just a game back. But a game with the Rams uh, next week. So maybe they're looking ahead to that. So, Derek, do you, do you factor any of that in here with the Niners? Uh, or, again, do you think they're just too good and they, they steamroll Atlanta here at home? Uh, I think they're just too good. Uh, I don't really love anyone in this game. Don't trust Matt Ryan on the road against the best pass defense in the NFL. Don't really want to play Freeman here. I'm fine with Julio Jones in uh, tournaments. I don't have those numbers chopped, but I would imagine, you know, Julio is better against man and Hooper against zone. That makes sense to me. Uh, so I'm fine with those two in tournaments. But for me, I have more interest in the Niners defense. I think they get after uh, Ryan and create some turnovers in this one. And then for San Francisco, it's just the same thing as always. You know, there's just so many guys that I have a hard time narrowing down that list. Most are 74% and 60% of the snaps the last two weeks. 33 touches during that stretch. These look great. But could easily swing back the other way towards Coleman or, you know, Breda or anything like that. So it scares me. Uh, Debo, Sanders, Kittle, they're all fine. But I don't really think they're going to need them too much in this game with uh, this being such a big spread. So for me, it's probably just going to be Niners defense. Yeah, and I'd love to pair him with one of these guys. You guys have both talked about him. Oster looks great. It looks like he's shot out of a cannon, just, just a lot of energy. Uh, but then, you know, is it more Brita? Does Tevin Coleman get a shot at some revenge against his former team? Ooh, so forgot about you, you, that. you never know how they're going to do that. So I, I'd love to pair Mostert and the Niners D, but do we trust it enough to pay 5200 Do we trust a, a narrative enough to, to pay 4000 for a guy that's barely playing? A lot of questions here. So – I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of guys in this game I want to play either. I think Julio, lowest price all season on DraftKings is intriguing, especially if they're playing from behind. But uh, the Niners are tough. I think Kittle for me and Niners D. So uh, 11 point spread here, Derek, 46 and a half on the total. I will take the under. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Chop. Yeah, I'm taking Atlanta. I am taking the under as well. I think uh, San Francisco can control this game, and I don't know how many points uh, Atlanta's going to be able to put up on the road here. So, old man under for me as well. And that will do it for the analysis for week 15 on the main slate here. Guys, any final thoughts? Uh, bold calls. We're over an hour here, so uh, I want to wrap this thing up. But any final thoughts here, Chop? Yeah. Good luck. That's it. We'll just wrap it up. We got to go, man. That's it. Derek, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, good luck in your season-long playoffs. Those should be either second weekend or starting, uh, depending on what your league looks like. But uh, good luck in those. Thanks for listening to us, as always, and only three weeks left. That's right. Three weeks left. We'll see if we'll do some playoff shows. But echo what these guys said. Appreciate you guys listening, as always. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, maybe we can talk weddings a, a week when we don't have as many oh, games man, going on. Oh, come on. I'll, I'll leave that one <laughs> I got too many things to say. We're already over an hour. I know you got stuff to say, so we'll 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 hit on it. Maybe in one of our playoff shows, we can we can bring it back up, dust it off here, oh. talk some weddings. But for notorious for head shopper, I am beer saying salut. Best of luck this week, guys. We'll see you right back here next week. We're out of here. <laughs>